Town Bank Mortgage, NMLS number 512138, is an equal housing lender. This podcast is for informational purposes only. And now, the man born with a 5 o'clock shadow and with the NMLS number 2028201. He is a gentleman. He is a scholar. He is Tyler Crawley. Man, I almost got humbled real hard on my first show back. I made a prediction in my newsletter that we weren't going to see a lot of movement rates. And the 10-year, I thought, was going to end the day down like 10 basis points. <laughs> and it came back. It came back. I'm not happy that it came back. I mean, I want rates to be lower. That's in everyone's benefit. But um, I was like, oh, man, I'm about to get real humbled. Because <laughs> I, I was like, yeah, rates probably aren't going to move much until later in the week. Traders are waiting for inflation data. So we shouldn't see anything too big. And, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know why why they moved the way they did. Uh, I always love watching everyone try and pretend they know. Like, oh, it was uh, people more confident in the markets. Whenever someone says something like that, you know they have no idea. If it's not like, oh, the jobs report or inflation data or, you know, a Fred, a Fed press release or something that would cause rates to move. But they're just like, oh, it's the co- uh, the traders have changed their opinion about the markets. <laughs> That's a, that's what a lie sounds like. All right, welcome everyone to the Tuesday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am the aforementioned host of this podcast, Tyler Crawley, and it was kind of a light Monday. We don't have a ton to get to. Uh, it's going to be a crazy day in Wilmington. Uh, I know you guys have probably already seen this, uh, but just a reminder, the weather's supposed to be nuts. I mean, they're like canceling schools and some government offices are closing early and yeah, it's just going to be like weird weather. Uh, I've heard tornadoes, uh, but it's just, it's just a lot of, I guess, storm fronts uh, or weather fronts kind of connecting to create kind of just some, some very dangerous weather. Uh, This is from WECT local news source here in Wilmington Uh, showers, some heavy, We'll grow Tuesday morning, peak late Tuesday, and then we'll just go away uh, overnight. Some potential exists for localized flooding and severe storms between 1 and 9 p.m. Uh, Southerly western wind gusts of 35 miles per hour are likely and 55 miles per hour plus gusts are possible. In any case, there will um, possibly scatter yard items and trigger power outages. And obviously the waterways nearby are going to be rough. So just remember that today. (laughs) If you're you're making plans for what you're going to be doing in and around the Wilmington area. So just wanted to give you a heads up on that. Uh, But let's talk about what potentially could have moved rates um, or moved the 10 year, I should say. And we did get one report from the Federal Reserve Bank of New York looking, it was a consumer survey, talking to regular folk, what their take is on what is going to happen with inflation. And it was a little bit surprising. So we've seen a a downward trend in this survey for the last couple years when it peaked. And we actually hit a three-year low. In this recent survey, median inflation expectations declined at all horizons, falling to 3% uh, 
from 3.4% at the one-year-ahead horizon, falling to 2.6 from 3 at the three-year-ahead horizon, and falling to 2.5 from 2.7 at the five-year-ahead horizon. Median inflation expectations at the one-year-ahead, that's kind of like the, the, the top-line number, which they were expecting it to fall to 3.3. So it falling to 3 was interesting. And so maybe that does justify my my argument. Because I did say in the newsletter, unless one of the numbers is just completely misses either one way or the other. And this is a, I mean, it's not a miss. I mean, it's not really a miss or a beat. Uh, but it's more like, wow, they weren't expecting that. Kind of a big move. Uh, expecting a the inflation data to fall or the inflation expectations to fall to 3.3. And it actually falls uh, 0.4 percentage points. Kind of a big move. So maybe I wasn't so embarrassed by my argument about what's going to happen with rates. Uh, This is the lowest we've seen for that top line number since January 21. So, yeah, three-year low, tying the three-year low for what consumers believe is going to happen with inflation. Now, since we or the podcast is called Markets and Mortgages. Uh, Median home price growth expectations remained unchanged at 3%, remaining well above the series 12-month trailing average of 2.4%. That's what's kind of amazing about housing, is that I don't don't know exactly what the number's going to end up being uh, for what we saw this year with, with growth. We haven't, we haven't got that data. It's probably going to be somewhere around 3 to 5% year over year home price growth, which is amazing because if you remember this time last year, home prices had already been falling for a few months and people thought we were going to see somewhat of a correction. No one was, well, I should say no one serious was projecting a crash. A lot of crackpots, grifters on Twitter and other places were... You know, we're all about just just trying to create drama and get clicks and everything else. They were projecting a crash, but no one serious was. And they were saying, yeah, you know, maybe we'll see a 5% drop, but, you know, we're not going to see a, a crash like we saw in 2008. And surprisingly, not only did we not get a crash, or I shouldn't say surprisingly, um, obviously we didn't get a crash. We didn't even get a downturn. <laughs> we actually ended the year with home prices in the green. And what's crazy is that it it feels kind of weird because after two years of record-breaking, never-before-seen, no one maybe ever thought we'd see, 20% year-over-year home appreciation, now that you're at like three and a half, it's kind of, eh, okay, nice. 3%, whatever. <laughs> Which is outpacing inflation. Well, it's almost outpacing inflation. I think they're projecting CPI to be 3.2%. So if we're three and a half, then we are outpacing inflation. But it's just, it's kind of underwhelming after, you know, 20%, 25% year over year increase to then be at three and a half. It is positive, but it just, it feels kind of different. Uh, Looking at the labor market, median one year ahead um, expected earnings growth decreased by 0.2 percentage points to 2.5%. That is the lowest level since April 21. The decline was driven by respondents with, at most, a high school diploma, mean unemployment expectations, or the mean probability 
that U.S. unemployment will be higher one year from now, decreased by 1.4 percentage points to 37%, remaining below the 12-month trailing average of 39.5%. And then here's the good news. So here is the good news, looking at it from a political slant. Uh, One of the most interesting things, if you look at a lot of this polling data, because we are, what what are we, like 10 days away from Iowa? I'm I'm still in political mode. I'm never never not going to be in somewhat political mode. we got Iowa coming up. The polling data, looking at sort of the, the possible matchup between President Joe Biden and former President Donald Trump, you look at like economic questioning and Biden is just getting destroyed, just destroyed. And it's funny watching a lot of, well, you have the liberal economists that are backing Biden. They're trying to make this argument. And I've I've said many times here on this podcast and when I had my radio show, you cannot convince someone to think differently about how they perceive the economy. You can throw all kinds of stats at them. If they feel like the economy's bad, the economy's bad. You can't, you, you can't talk them out of it. Like, oh, well, look at the stock market or look at your home, you know, look at your, the price of your home. Or you, you can't convince them. And so it's a losing battle. And so you're seeing that with all these economists like, oh, well, look how great things are. Why are people so... And a lot of it's inflation. Even though now wages are outpacing inflation, that was not the case. For two years. So here's the good news. If you're a supporter of Biden. (laughs) Median expected growth in household income decreased by 0.1 percentage points to 3%, which is remaining above February's 2020 pre-pandemic level of 2.7%. But here's the thing. So you're looking at inflation at 3%. That's what they're projecting year over year. Wages, they're looking at 3% as well. So they're not expecting, they're at least expecting their wages to pace with inflation, not outpace it, not be below it, but keep pace with inflation. So there's, there's a little silver lining if you're looking for one and you're a Biden voter. The uh, mean perceived probability that the average interest rate on a savings account will be higher in 12 months decreased to 25.9%, lowest level since November 21. And then some more good news, if you're a Biden voter, perceptions about households' current financial situations improved with fewer respondents reporting being worse off than a year ago. So fewer people think that they are worse off, but it didn't mention, I didn't see it. And I didn't get a chance to look at the cross tabs. It's a very busy day at work. Uh, so I didn't get to see exactly where the number is. But I would bet that more people still are like, yeah, I'm worse off now than a year ago. Now, that might be different in November. But at least it's, it's, it's a shrinking number. If you're a Biden voter, it's a shrinking number. The means perceived probability, or excuse me, the mean perceived probability that the U.S. stock price will be higher in 12 months increased to 36 0.7%. So all in all, a pretty optimistic report. Consumers are thinking inflation is going to slow. Wages will at least be keeping pace with inflation. Home price growth, little home price growth. Uh, stock market might grow a little bit. But for the most part, more positive than we had recently seen. So maybe that's why. Maybe that's why the uh, 10-year moved a little positively today. I think it ended up down 
4.02% the yield on the 10-year. So that was down a little bit from this morning. So I think it closed Friday at 4.05. And then we were supposed to open it around 4.04, 0.03. And then we uh, ended the day at around 2 or 3. So a little downward movement. We will take it. We'll definitely take it. Uh, we also got a report out. This is from the Federal Reserve, the the main branch, <laughs> the Federal Reserve, uh, the big boy in Washington, D.C. And they were looking at consumer credit. And this is always kind of a good indicator because, you know, for the longest time, there was this argument by some not on the left. This would be from people on the right who, when people were trying to say, hey, look how good the economy is, look all this good data. They'd say, oh, yeah, well, consumer spending is being driven entirely by credit cards. That's what's that's what's driving this increase in the economy. And there was never really any data to back that up. We weren't seeing a huge increase. And a lot of times people would say, oh, look, consumer credit is increasing. But that a lot of that was like people buying homes. And that's, that's not exactly the same thing as people running up a credit card. Not even close, especially when, you know, mortgage rates were much lower. And so we got our monthly data from the Federal Reserve. And it did show a kind of interesting statistic. For the first time in history, consumer credit was above $5 trillion. First time ever, we saw a $23.7 billion increase in consumer credit. That was a 5.7% annual rate increase, a big jump from the 1.4% rise the prior month. Interestingly enough, this was the biggest jump that we had seen since last November. Now, if you remember last year, why I think that's interesting is that we we saw a lot of consumers doing their Christmas shopping in November instead of December. And so I'm wondering if the reason that we saw a bigger spike this December than last is because more people were doing their Christmas shopping this December and were therefore, you know, running up certain debts, whether it was buying a car, credit card, whatever it may be. Now, this should be noted, and this is this is kind of important, is that while the total outstanding credit did increase to $5 trillion. <laughs> so crazy. Uh, Non-revolving debt was 72% of it, which is always looked at as, as favorable when you have that high of a percentage of it not being credit cards, uh, which is what revolving debt mostly is. Um, so 72% of that is non-revolving. So that's, that's kind of some good news. But we are seeing you know more borrowing, and that does now lend to the argument that more people are borrowing money. And it does not really break down what exactly it is. It just has revolving, non-revolving. It doesn't say like, oh, these are mortgages, these are student loans, uh, this is a personal loan. It, it doesn't have it. It doesn't break it down in the Fed data. But it is mostly non-revolving. So at least that's better than it being credit card. Uh balances right <laughs> that would really be that would be a bad sign um all right before we go we mentioned wilmington crazy storm hitting us today be careful out there uh, i did want to touch on this this actually came out last week but i wanted to get to it because we're probably not going to have time this week and you know after two weeks it's kind of old news uh we did get rental data for what's happening in the wilmington metropolitan area and for the fourth straight 
month, we saw a decline in the median rent in Wilmington. Uh, in the Wilmington metro area, rents fell to a median monthly price of $1,271. That is down 2.2% from November and is now the fourth straight decline month over month that we have seen. Rents are now down about almost 5% when compared to the same time last year, 4.9% to be exact. Rents are now at their lowest level since March of 22 and are now down 9.7% from the peak of $1,408 that we saw in September of 22. So we're finally seeing you know, all these apartment complexes that are being built and some are opening, some are still waiting to open. Uh, we are finally seeing sort of a result of that, which would be this. And that you're seeing, you know, kind of migration slow down, the work from home, all of that is going to create an environment where it's actually not a bad time to probably be renting. I mean, it's still higher than it was pre-pandemic. There's no doubt about that. But we are down from the peaks. And that's how the economy works, right? Everything's up and down. You have to have that balance. Sometimes it's better to rent. Sometimes it's better to buy. Sometimes it's better to do both. Some, there, obviously, there's no option. Or sometimes, I guess, it's awful. Like in the middle of the pandemic when home prices skyrocketed and then you had home prices or, or mortgage rates start jumping up and rents were still pretty high. That was a time where it was bad to do both. <laughs> I don't know what you do in that situation, but that's how the balance works. When it makes more sense to rent, more people rent, uh, which um, you know puts downward pressure on demand for buying. And then that creates a more favorable environment in the long run for buyers. So it's a seller's market. People say, you know what? I'm not going to buy. I'm going to rent instead. And then if all those people then rush to rent, of course, this isn't all happening you know, simultaneously or, or instantaneously, I should say. But then as more people start renting, all of a sudden rent starts to rise. It makes less sense to rent. And then maybe now it makes more sense to buy. And so you always have that balance. It's always going back. And so right now it's not actually a horrible time to rent. I mean, mortgage rates have dropped. There's no doubt about that. But yeah, I mean, in some cases for a lot of people, maybe it makes more sense to rent. I'm saying that as someone who works in the mortgage profession. <laughs> uh, now here in Wilmington, this drop that we've seen is across the board. Uh, one bedroom rent fell to $1,187, uh, down 1.7% from the prior month, lowest level since February. And the t median two bedroom rent fell to $1,274, down almost 2% for November, and also the lowest level since February. Here's what's weird, is that the vacancy rate is falling along with rents. You would think it would be the opposite, right? Like, the vacancy rate is increasing, and so that's why you're seeing rents fall. So it's kind of weird that you're seeing fewer vacancies while at the same time, rent prices are falling. It is kind of weird. Uh, the vacancy rate is uh, falling along with rents as we wrap up 2023. The, that was the sentence I wrote. <laughs> Just to clarify, the vacancy rate fell to 6.39%, down a little bit from the 6.4% the prior month, but at the lowest level since January of 2023. This is the seventh straight decline in the vacancy rate and is slightly below the national rate of 6.5%, which rose, forget this, the 26th 
straight month, 26 months in a row, the vacancy rate has risen in uh, on the national level. How crazy is that? I don't know. That to me, that that, that to me is is somewhat fascinating. Uh, or I'm sorry, reverse that. <laughs> Our vacancy rate is dropping. The national rate is increasing. Okay, wanted to clarify. That. <laughs> I was like, wait, hold on. Uh, and then last year, home prices started to fall. This is an important note. Month over month in July. And continued to fall all the way through February. Then we saw our first increase in March and have continued to increase ever since. That's according to the Case-Shiller Index, the gold standard when it comes to home prices. Rents, meanwhile, didn't begin their drop until October. And then they started increasing in March. And so it's going to be interesting because there's no doubt that as the real estate market on the buy side is cooling, you are, you're also seeing a cool down in the rental market. But unlike housing, it does seem like here in Wilmington, we're talking Wilmington, there is a, I don't want to say oversupply, but we have an abundance. It looks like we have a good supply of apartments. And that is going to, I don't know if it's going to continue dropping rate, uh, rents, but it's going to stagnate them. No doubt about that. And it'll be interesting to know how long that's going to continue because I mean we saw some crazy increases and so now to see things kind of stagnate that's kind of what you want I mean that's that's sort of the way the market is supposed to work uh what you don't want is like a huge correction and then rents fall and then people that you know developers that made these buildings now can't afford payments and then you got just you have some economic you know you, you don't you don't you never want crashes you just don't want that <laughs> so instead of crashes if you can have sort of stagnation, that's not bad. That's not a bad aspect of the economy. So I'm going to guess that more than likely you could see rents stagnate for a lot longer. Because remember, home prices are on the rise. Um, we don't have the data yet. I mean, but you can, I mean, we've seen rents falling for the last couple of months. That's not the case for the housing. I do think we are going to see somewhat of a downturn in home prices once we get that data for maybe a little bit of December, January, you know, the winter months that sort of cooling time in the housing market. But I think rents are going to be longer. No doubt about that. Um, all right, we got to go. You guys enjoy your... T- stay safe. I don't know what's going to happen with this weather, but we'll see. You know, I, I, don't, I wonder if it's going to affect my ability to do a show because I'm not sure if I'm going to be at the office or if I'm going to be at home. And if we don't have power, I can't really do the show. So look at this. I'm trying to start the year off well. And I got two shows under my belt, and now a weather event is going to stop me in the middle, in like the middle of January. It's not even snow. It's like a weird storm. So, all right, you guys be safe. We will talk to you tomorrow. Uh, Here's what's happening tomorrow. We got the trade deficit is expected to rise a little bit, $65 billion. We'll be getting, well, I don't know if we're going to be getting CoreLogic's home price index. I thought we were going to be getting ICE's data. We did not get that today. I thought it was always ICE and then CoreLogic. Maybe it's ICE today, then CoreLogic. Uh, We'll get some real estate, local real estate data from Realtor.com. And then the Wilmington City Council will be meeting. I don't know if they actually are now. I haven't seen they're going to cancel, but I I would not be surprised if they didn't move the meeting because of the weather. 
So we will see. All right, you guys, enjoy your Tuesday. Stay safe. We'll see you back here maybe Wednesday, definitely Thursday, for another edition of more Markets and Mortgages. Is that the... There you go. Got to try and figure out what the name of the podcast is. I almost said mortgages and markets, but that is not the name. It is markets and mortgages. We'll see you again Wednesday or Thursday. We will see. But remember, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait. Wait.